So this is my rule. So every lead gets an offer. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. You're listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hardy. And today I've got James Copeland with me on the show. And we are going to talk about James' virtual journey from two deals to 10 deals total. I think I got that right. I'm going to have to check with him. And we're going to talk about his complete virtual wholesaling transformation that he's had since joining the tribe, joining Wholesaling Inc., you know, joining my coaching. Um, so I'm super excited to introduce James. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it, Lauren. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. I know we were just talking about how you learned wholesaling from Wholesaling Inc. Right. And yeah, now you're I, on the show. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Honestly, I religiously listen to Wholesaling Inc. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild that I'm on it now. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is cool. I'm so, I'm so excited to be a part of that journey. So no. take me back to religiously listening to Wholesaling Inc. How <laughs> did you hear about wholesaling? It's kind of crazy. So when I was living in Denver, uh, I was in grad school for sports psychology, which is a whole nother thing. And I was studying and I was just trying to think, okay, what can I do outside of what I'm studying? And real estate has always been something that has been interesting to me. Um, my mom always, uh, she would play rich dad, poor dad. So I I had those these things in my mind. So real estate was always like a, a thing that was in the back of my mind. So I just wanted to find out how I could get into real estate being the broke college student that I was at the time. And I just randomly came across the term wholesaling. I didn't look more into it at that time, but maybe like a year later, I just randomly came across the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I can't even remember how I came across it. But ever since then, I think Brent Daniels was like the first person I heard on it. And since then, I, I just listened to it literally every day. <laughs> now, how long ago was that? Oof. So I think I started listening to Wholesaling. That had to be 2018 when I started listening to it. And of course, I it just seemed kind of daunting at the time that I I would, you know, do a little bit, try to dip my toe into it. As we know, you can't really dip your toe into wholesaling and have any sort of success at all. So yeah, for the first couple of years, I just, you know, played around with it, but didn't really do anything. So yeah, that's how we came to this. So you went to college with the intention of doing what? Great question. <laughs> so um, I went to graduate school for sports psychology, which is sort of a, a new field um, of psychology. Um, a lot of people don't know about it. But my initial plans was, hey, I'm going to be a psychologist for a professional sports team, college sports team. That was that was my thing. I still love sports, but I was just trying to figure out how I could marry psychology and sport together. So, yeah, so my original plan was, you know, that was it. All in on sports psychology. We'll see what happens. But I, more as I got into it, I graduated, I got my degree and everything, but it didn't give me the freedom that I wanted. And also, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to 
have to listen to and, and absorb other people's issues. It's a lot to deal with. Um, did you have a job after college? Did you get a job? After college, I did get a job, but it wasn't in the sports psychology realm. It was still in psychology, um, but I was working at a children's hospital um, in the emergency room working with at-risk youth. Yeah, that was my my job after college and even during college. Um, that's what I was doing. Um, and it was draining, which is... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could see that. I could see mm-hmm. that. So then you, you kind of discovered wholesaling and... Why did you, you know, decide to do wholesaling? Was it for the time freedom? You mentioned freedom. So what was that about? Yeah, yeah uh, the main goal was the freedom, but also I got into wholesaling more so to lead me into other avenues of real estate, you know, get into flipping, buying holes, things like that. So that was my original plan uh, when getting into wholesaling. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I get in with no money? pretty much and or at least little money and how can i still learn about real estate at the same time while you know trying to build up money to get to where i ultimately want to go which is wholesaling was perfect for that yeah i always say wholesaling is the gateway drug to real it estate is. <laughs> it's the first thing you get into if you don't say happen to have been born into a real estate empire right right you know? Where I, I mean, I, there's some people that were just lucky, you know, and they were born in, you know, into families that owned a bunch of real estate and they had right. kind of that help. And I was lucky, I'll admit, you know, my dad had rental properties, um, okay. but I wouldn't say it was a real estate empire, but I did have like kind of that support getting me into it, but sure. uh, mentally supported, not really so much. Uh, right, I, just, right. I didn't have the money. I was still broke, but, but it, it is, it's the gateway drug to real estate investing. I always say, Definitely. you know, so when you were getting, like, when you were thinking of getting started, you were in this moment of just kind of YouTube university. Yeah. Sounds like you were at, in YouTube university for a few years. Yeah, I was in YouTube university for a few years for sure. But I was still doing some things. Like I was doing at that time, when I first started, I was doing cold calling. Okay. Um, that was, that's how I started. That's how we ended up getting our, our first couple of deals. And but, was that, did you of all YouTube university, like your first couple of deals or did you have, yes. a, did you actually get into a coaching program? No, it was all, all YouTube wholesaling. No mentor, that. no mentor, nope. nothing. pretty much. Cool. <laughs> pretty no, much. It's cool to see that. Cause like, I like to dissect that a little bit. Yeah. So you like picked up cold calling just from watching a bunch of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, were you, what was stopping you at that point from doing the volume you wanted to do? Like, can you take me back to that point? Yeah. So, uh, for me, it was the consistency aspect of it. So I, I, I would say I really started, you know, cold calling. I think it was in 2019. So a couple of years ago, I was still working at the hospital. So honestly, and I was working night shifts. So when I would get off work, I would go to sleep. And then when I wake up, I didn't really want to cold call. And I'm, I'm a pretty reserved person. I'm pretty shy. I don't like to talk uh-huh. too much. Right. So the whole cold calling thing, it was just, it was a task to even get myself up to, to really do it. Yes. So that makes sense. I, I, I pretty much just went through that for like a whole year and a half of just, like, I hate cold calling. And that's the first to you in your mind, that was the way to get deals. Right. <laughs> was that in your mind, the only way to get deals? No, I thought about other avenues. Like I thought about banded signs. I thought about texting. I thought about um, direct mail, 
But cold calling was the cheapest way for me to get into it. That was just the most, that was the only thing I could afford to do, honestly, besides like going door knocking. And I didn't feel comfortable doing door knocking. That just (laughs) is insane. That's, yeah, it's pretty. Are you, like, what if that person has a gun? Like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) It's really dangerous. You think a girl like me should be door knocking? There's been. Absolutely not. (laughs) This is why, like, honestly, there's a lot of reasons I went virtual, but one uh-huh. of the reasons I like stopped going to seller meetings ever again was I went to a seller meeting, uh-huh. like, you know, in the person's house, seller meeting. It was, it just happened to be a house in Orange County. So it was close to me and yeah. it was a complete drug den, like drug den, drug dealers living in here, prostitutes mm-hmm. living in this house. They like got in a fight while I'm there. Oh, and God. Like, I'm going to die today. <laughs> Like I might die. Like this is scary. Right. Like, I have no business ever walking into some strange right. house by myself. Never know. Again. Never know. Yeah, but I have kids. <laughs> I'm like, I have kids. Like, what if like right. what if this went bad and guns were pulled out? Like, what am I right. doing? <laughs> so door knocking to me is like the same thing. Like, what if you knock on the wrong door? Exactly. That's it's pretty crazy, but yeah, right. I absolutely could not do that. <laughs> absolutely. And then also going with, like you said, the personality. So I get not liking cold calling. I get it. It's not for everyone. And I'm here to say that it's not the only way. Like it is, right. it is a very inexpensive way, you right. know, and if you have to do it for a little bit to get your first few deals to get that marketing budget, fine. Sure. You sure. Know? But it's not the only way and not right. everybody, it doesn't fit everybody's personality. And exactly. it doesn't fit mine. I'll tell you that. I hear you. <laughs> I don't like it. I yeah. hate talking. I actually still hate talking to sellers. Okay. Like I don't talk. Me too. I, 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 definitely st- I well. scaled it out. My team talks to the sellers, but that was the first thing I wanted off my plate when I could afford to hire people was talking to sellers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I completely understand. That's what I love about being an entrepreneur is you literally can fire yourself from doing things that you don't want to do or you're not good at, right. you know? Right. That right. don't serve you. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't got to the point where I can fire myself just yet, but I am looking forward to that day. Sure. You will. You will. Sure. You will. So your YouTube university, you're cold calling, even though you hate it, but Hey, you did it and you were able to get some deals. So that's awesome. Right. And then what brought you to the virtual investing mastery group? Yeah. So the first year that I was attempting to wholesaling, I was living in Denver at the time. So I was trying to wholesale in Denver, which is rough. (laughs) It's rough. (laughs) It's rough. I did end up, I got one contract in Denver. It didn't work out. But after that, I was like, there has to be somewhere else that I could do this. And I didn't know of your course at the time, but I was like, you know, I feel like based on what I'm doing here in Denver, I feel like this is doable somewhere else. Right. But I didn't really hear anyone talking about virtual wholesaling, but I, I figured that it it was possible to do. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I was just tired of trying to do things in Denver, uh, right. knowing there were hundreds of big wholesale companies that had way more money and way more people than I mm-hmm. had or could do myself. So yeah. uh, that's what brought me to to doing it virtually. It's funny that you like talk about it in that way, because I can kind of bring myself back to when I didn't know anyone virtual wholesaling or virtual mm-hmm. or anything. But all I knew is that I would listen to these podcasts and people would like say like, oh yeah, I mean, I just started this year and I closed like 10 deals. Right. (laughs) And, 
yeah, you know, just I got like another 15 in the pipe. And like people are yeah. talking about that. And I'm in California, like I've closed one deal this year. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't have really a strong pipeline, you know. Uh-huh, for sure. Why is this so much easier for everyone else? And I thought I was just really dumb at first. Like I thought yeah. there must be, it must be me. Like right. I blamed it on myself for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I got a part, I got in a part of some coaching programs and I noticed the educator of the coaching program, one of them was California based and he started doing virtual deals. Like he started mm. going to Florida and stuff. And I was like, what? Like you're going, yeah. okay, hold on. <laughs> it must. And then I, I ended up doing another seminar where I went out of the state. I went to Nashville and I sat in a room with people for two weeks or two days, excuse me, uh-huh. two days. And I was asking people detailed questions. I went around the room and these people were all in, you know, Midwest markets, East coast markets, Southern and where the average house price is well below 200,000. Right. Right. I was the only one in like that type of market, like Southern California, where the average house price probably at the time, at the time was probably 600,000. It's now like 900. And I asked everybody, how many, okay. How many postcards do you have to mail to get a deal? How many mm-hmm. offers do you have to make to get a deal? And it's all way lower than me. Like everything <laughs> was like, I was like, I'm working so much harder than you are. And right, right. so frustrated. So th- when you start feeling that feeling, you need to start thinking like maybe going virtual is going to be, even though it, there, it, it sounds harder, but it really actually isn't, but it sounds harder to you. Right. But if you can right. get past that mental barrier, you know, maybe going virtual is going to be easier than Denver. So you start thinking about going virtual and you somehow stumbled upon me. Yeah. So I think it might've been shortly after I decided to try virtual. I think that's when you came into the wholesaling Inc. Mm. uh, as a mentor. So at that point I knew that eventually I would, I would have to get into your program. I, I knew that I would have to, but that was probably about a whole year before I actually joined. Okay. Your program. Um, so yeah, for the next year, I just, you know, tried to do it on my own and, and figure some things out. And some things worked, of course, yeah. we, we did a, a couple of deals, but it was definitely needed to, to get some mentorship for sure. Right. So you try, you stumble and fail for a little bit when you go virtual at first and you don't have yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I did the same thing. And then, you know, now I created something. So you guys don't have to go through what I went through. And so I appreciate it. I always like with every episode, I want to give like like real practical advice. So if you could take yourself from that year where you did just two virtual deals and you were kind of, you did some things right, but you knew you were doing some things wrong to then you got some education. Is there Mm -hmm. one thing, what was like maybe the biggest aha moment, your first aha moment that helped you a lot? Honestly, I knew it, but actually doing it made it like, okay, yeah. And it was really the consistency of marketing. Okay. Um, that's really what it was. Before I joined your program, I would, I was still cold calling. After I joined your program, I, I switched over to texting, um, but I was still cold calling for the most part, and I just wasn't consistent. And then I, I found a partner, Nick, and he. We both tried to tackle cold calling. We both hated it, really. Um, <laughs> so there would be, you know, some days we plan, hey, I'm going to cold call two hours this day, and then it ends up. After 30 minutes or an hour, it's like, oh my God, I'm really ready to be done. So (laughs) the whole year of that, just not being consistent with the marketing. And uh, we saw some contracts come in and nothing happened, but 
Yeah, it was really just the consistency that you and honestly, um, I've heard from other people, but uh, you with the, the texting and your whole guideline of how to market follow up and everything like that, that was like a major key for for us to get more deals consistently. So, yeah, I would say it was a, a mixture between just being more consistent and also switching from cold calling, which just wasn't our personality style, mm-hmm. um, which actually helped a whole lot. <laughs> And maybe like hearing, it's okay to not like this. And there's another, right, right. it's okay, you know, to right. not like this. And exactly. you, you know, was more suited for you. Cause then you're exactly. not going to have so much resistance doing exactly. it. For and sure. Then, you know, having, you know, a consistent plan for lead generation that you mm-hmm. hold yourself accountable to, you right. know, a consistent you know, amount of, you know, leads that you're generating and, and actions that you're doing to generate those leads every single day. Exactly. exactly. Track of your KPIs, your key performance. For sure. Leaders, For sure. <laughs> track of your leads, your offers, your mm-hmm. contracts and your deals, right? Yep. Yep. And then, you know, the other part that you were talking about is the sales funnel management. So what does a lead sound like? So yeah. One tip, everybody, I'm just giving practical. I want to get into some real practical stuff so someone mm-hmm. knows how to learn something out of this. I learned something sure. from, you know, the biggest mistake I see people make, and I, you can tell me if you made it, was you would disqualify leads too quickly. Uh, he's not really that motivated. I'm going to not call him back. Right, right. Yep. That's definitely, it definitely happened to us. The first few months after joining your program, we definitely weren't as on top of everything like we should have been. So yeah, there were definitely leads that came in that we, uh, he wants too high of a price. Let's just throw them out. And then maybe we come back a, a few months later and, oh, he actually is pretty motivated to sell. And you just never know what a seller's motivation is. You never know. Never know. So This is my rule. So every lead gets an offer. I don't care how mm-hmm. many pillars of motivation they have throw the pillars away. They need one pillar. They want to sell a house or they said they expressed interest in selling. Every lead gets an offer and every offer, every lead gets a follow-up plan. There needs to be a regular follow-up sequence that this lead gets because Mm -hmm. of 10 of those people that you said, oh, he's not that motivated. He wants to hire a price. Of those 10, say you're going to get 10 leads a week that sound like that. Of those 10, there's going to be the one poker facing you. Yep. And the poker free seller is the seller that's like, nah, I don't need to sell that and acts like nothing's wrong. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'll take that price after like, right. and you're like, yep. what? Right. And then what's crazy too, is when you get into the escrow more, when you get enough of those and you get into the escrow more with them, you actually find out that like the guy had like exactly. a serious motivation that he ne- like tight lipped, never told you about. Absolutely. You're Absolutely. Like, what? Like, hold on. You've had a squatter in here this whole time? Like, and you've not said anything? Or you exactly. Know, there's always like some sort of motivation that they just never because they're maybe private people. Right. And I, I can understand that. I if I feel I feel like if I was selling my home, I would probably be the same way. But it we've definitely had a couple of deals come through where they were like, no, this is my bottom number. I won't go. I don't need the money. Right. And then we come back and follow up a couple of months later. And it's like, oh, I would take half of what I was asking for before. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, motivation is, they usually do have some sort of motivation, but it's, I think it's just a, a mixture of, you know, there's strangers just reaching out to them and they just 
of course, want the most money for for their property and they have some emotional ties to it. So it's understandable. But yeah, I would definitely, definitely listen to Lauren and just give an offer to everybody and follow up. That's a key for sure. Listen to Lauren. Tell my boys. Listen to Lauren. Lauren. Everyone listen to Lauren. End of podcast. Listen to Lauren. Um, No, it's it's true. I, I mean, I remember the first seller that taught me that lesson. It was when I was still flipping houses in California. This is like my second or maybe second year, third year. And I used to qualify sellers much more before I would take the effort to give them an offer. And this one seller, I never gave him an offer. And like months later, he's like, I never really heard back from you. I just want to see if you're still interested. And I remember like in my database, I wrote like he was just kind of cold and He was like, oh, and he was in a he was a CPA, and so I was like, oh, mm, this guy's smart, yeah. just a numbers guy. He's gonna just right. you know beat me to death on price, and and mm-hmm. I was intimidated by him because he just had this strong voice, like you know, he just had this intimidating, yeah. scary voice, and so I didn't make an offer, and he came mm-hmm. back to me, and so I was like, fine, <laughs> like okay, I'll make an offer. And I was like. <laughs> Now I felt rude, you know, that I never got back to him. Right. So I made him an offer and like, he like negotiated like five grand and like that was it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was so cool. He was just this busy businessman. He was always yeah. like traveling. He was, and what really the motivation was him and all, it was an inherited home and his, him and his brother, I think there was three, three of them total. They were all very successful, busy businessmen. Like they were yeah. successful and they didn't want to deal with it. They were just like, we're too busy. I don't need the extra money to have to go through with all the work that it's going right. to take to get it. Yeah. So let's just make this quick. And yeah. And I, that lesson was, I was like, oh man, how many people have I let go? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We've recently had to uh, just go back through our our text database and look at uh, leads that we just let go early on when we just weren't making enough offers on everybody. And we just went back and retexted everybody and we pulled deals out of there. So it's, (laughs) you just never know. Never know. Never know. So everybody gets a deal. Well, hopefully people will listen to Lauren and listen to James on that. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, James, okay. So what is next for you in in your wholesaling journey? What's your next goal? Great question. So uh, my partner, Nick, and I, we were actually talking about this a little bit yesterday. And we were just, one, we know we're both still completely hands-on. We're both still doing everything. I think one thing for sure is getting a VA Mm, that would be extremely helpful um, just to take care of a lot of the mundane things um, that we just don't really feel like doing all the time and our time could be better spent elsewhere. But also, I mean, we're, we're also thinking of more ways that we can, you know, start purchasing some of these properties ourselves. That's kind of where we're, we're thinking next. Uh, we're still going to, of course, keep wholesaling. I don't think that that's ever going to go away. That's just a, a great way to to generate leads if you for for other investors and for yourself if you're eventually looking to get into to buying things yourself. So wholesaling will definitely always be always be there for us. But we are, you know, thinking of getting more into some buying holes and things like that eventually. So that's that's where we're looking towards next. Uh, but the immediate future, we're just continuing wholesaling. Um, we're only in one market right now and we you may 
lean into some other market now that we've kind of got the market that we're in now we've, we've kind of gotten a good a good basis of, of what it's like and what buyers are looking for and, and the prices of homes and things like that so we got a good grip on the market now so yeah once we once we can you know automate things a little more eventually we'll start getting into another market as well I love it. And yeah, so you went in that year that you tried to go virtual, you did two deals. Do you remember how much you made in that one year when you were YouTube University kind of figuring out virtual? Do you remember <laughs> what those two deals net you in wholesale fees? So the two deals, they surprisingly enough, they were two of our bigger deals. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we made 40K on those first two deals. Okay. So 40K total. Um, yeah. In the last seven months ish you've done eight deals yes you know like off the top of your head what you've brought in on, in those eight Oof. i know i put you on the spot you i have put you on the spot no big deal um so i want to say so because we did a, a few smaller deals within that yeah but that's okay yeah, it is it's definitely it is okay. Volume, definitely guys. okay. okay. Small deals are fine. I'm Small not deals are still deals. <laughs> They're still deals. Yeah, yeah. Still deals. Uh, so I want to say, if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, it has to be about seventy k. Seventy k. Okay, cool. So you're well on your way. You know, I think you're doing probably better than if you were working in psychology. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, are you still working in psychology or did you decide to go real estate full time? I'm I'm just doing real estate. I'm also a musician. I play the guitar. So oh. that's that's my whole other yeah, that's my other life. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So now you get like you have more freedom to do the things you love. So Exactly. That's really exactly. Cool. Well, James, thank you so much for coming on today. Um thank if you. anybody wants to maybe get a hold of you or ask you some questions, are you on Instagram or Facebook? I am. Um, my name on Instagram is at underscore golden I E Y E, uh, like the James Bond movie. And they can also email me at James at Apollo Homes LLC.com. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes. And that's it, guys. If you guys like James' story and you want to go virtual yourself, I want to help you. Make sure to check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. It's the same mentorship group that James is a part of. We've got an amazing group of leaders in the virtual space. So I'd love to have you a part of it. Thank you so much for listening today. And I will see you next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.